in a world in crisis. Can three idiots find hope in the darkest of places? Will love conquer all, or will hate win out in the end? This is a show called Hate. Welcome to a show called Hakes, a podcast in which we explore love, hate, and everything in between in search of greater meaning and perhaps a little perspective. I'm John. I'm Nick. Oh no. Um, something wonderful has happened. <laughs> <laughs> we finally killed the mascot of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Uh, uh, Chris Ray uh, uh, can't be can't be with us today. No, he had something better to do. And apparently, apparently, and I don't doubt that there are many, many, many better things oh, to 100%. do than record this show. I could think of a few. However, as I pointed out to him, it's the same time every fortnight. <laughs> every fortnight. Every fortnight. <laughs> and 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 to his credit, he was very he was very aggressive. He pinned me against the wall and he said. I can't cancel the wedding, can I? No, dickhead. And he took lunch money. Yeah, am I? Uh, <laughs> you thanked him for it, and he was right to do it. Um, but I'm like, that's cool, that's cool. But the podcast is every two weeks. Yeah. And when were you going to say yeah. that you weren't coming? Because it because it took until you going, hey, you're up for recording this Thursday, which I believe may have been yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday. Fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, assuming as you would, as you might, that that everything is just fine and we'll go to plan as normal. Why wouldn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. It's yeah. part of the thing. Like, I can never assume. <laughs> <laughs> I can never assume because. It's like trying to cage the wind yeah. with Chris Ray. Like he's he's a, he's a free spirit. He's got and if you're listening, to Chris, be. that is a compliment because we're oh, very, he doesn't we're listen. Very, to no, that's true. He doesn't. Does he? <laughs> I was going to say we're very scared of you. And uh, <laughs> um, but no, no, it is it is like trying to cage the wind. And um, just he is just a force. And we try and and we try and harness that force for the good of the podcast. Oh, you know, we try. because because when you have a show called a show called Hate, yeah, you need that raw powerful rage and i think he's the one who brings it he does yeah and i mean you know me like i uh, do uh the uh the prairie uh keeping <laughs> horses it's very much like in my blood yes in my in, in my horse blood and <laughs> uh blood. as i've always said and I, I you've seen the tattoo yeah uh you know when <laughs> when you have a wild scallion you don't rein him in you don't you just hold on tight and let let it let it go where it, where it has to you yeah know? and that was the brief for this show if, if anything like we didn't know we were going to make a show about hates and loves what we did was we foolishly put chris ray in a small room and this happened you don't plan a show with chris ray <laughs> no. you know you just no. lock the door and hope for the best yeah. yeah and we and we were foolishly on the same side of the door as him and and here we <laughs> this are this dark covenant we've Nearly. entered into <laughs> it's like you know when you summon a demon you know oh yeah you know yeah, when yeah. you summon a demon and usually you're in some underground kind of crypt and it's a quite a small contained space. There's nowhere to run, you know, and you open a portal in the floor and suddenly forces that you cannot control and can't even conceive of are flooding into your life. And when those demons do enter your life and they realise that Chris Ray is part of your team, <laughs> they, they, go back. they go fuck no. And they go back to the hellish, you know, They're realm like, oh, from whence they came. Earth, where he is. Oh, no, no, fuck this noise. And, and back they go. Um, and he's been very useful to occult sorcerers for a while. A bit like National Express has that photo of him behind the counter. 
uh, uh, dis capital city of hell. There is a, there is a beaming photo of Chris Ray behind yeah. behind the counter. It's like, <laughs> do not serve this man. <laughs> oh, don't summon him either. No, no, no. no. How would you summon Chris Ray? Um, I rec I reckon I would I would probably put um some uh, there'd be late buses involved I reckon because I think the angrier he gets the more the thinner the the uh, membrane between realities is for him. Yeah. Yeah. So um wherever there's a late bus. Yeah. <laughs> he's near. <laughs> like yeah, you can you can pull him in with rage I reckon so. Yeah. That's that's probably a way that's to probably do it. it. Yeah. But I miss him. Yeah, deep down in my core. So I I'm finding I'm finding a way to miss him, but um... well, I'll tell you what he'll be missing. Yes, Nick. tell us. Uh, the finest, the finest. Ooh, icy cold from the fridge. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. The uh, the the uh, what do you even call it? The uh, the the first ever, the inaugural uh, yes. crop and uh, and batch of my home homemade cider. I'm very excited to try this. Now, uh, now, uh, would you like to pop the cap and, and prepare for that effervescent is it, kind is of Is it fizz? going to flow over? Oh, like you wouldn't believe. Okay. Hold on. We're okay. It's so flat, Nick. <laughs> I, I cannot stress enough. It is the flattest thing in the world. Okay. Okay. It is... Uh, I can smell it already. It smells like cider, doesn't it? It does smell like cider. Yeah. Like... Uh, it's very crisp. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a dry, a very, 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 very dry Sauvignon Blanc. Can you hear that? Ooh. How elegant. This is like a sort of a wine tasting podcast now. You know, like... That's a good colour. It's a good colour. It definitely looks like cider. Okay. It smells like apples. It does. Now, you know, like... What um, a bouquet. Ooh. It's like um, when they get the queen in to like mm. open a new power station. Yeah, they always have like a big ceremonial lever. Yeah, and they go like, and here, here you go, your Majesty. If you pull the lever, does nothing. And she pulls it, and everyone goes, "Oi, power!" Yeah, well and uh, but then of course, no, actually, they turned it on like five days earlier. Like yeah. you don't, you don't let the queen turn on a power. That would be madness. We'd all die. Yeah. So in the spirit of that, I have drunk some of this already. Oh, I see. Because I, that's where this metaphor was that's going. That's where the metaphor's going, because yeah. I didn't want us all to go blind on air. No. Um, Although, again, it's an audio medium. So if I go blind, I'll keep talking. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. none of us I would mean, notice. As an artist. <laughs> as an artist. But it was more selfish, really. I'm like, if we lose your eyes, <laughs> the business we're, we're, all, we're all out of business. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, cheers. Cheers. Anyway, do enjoy. Ah, it's very flat. It's astonishingly it's, flat. It's super flat, but holy crap, is it dry? It's so dry. Oh, oh I feel like driving a popcorn fart. I feel, I feel like it came into my mouth and it scraped the back of my throat off, <laughs> and then and then it left back the way it came. <laughs> it's like eating an emery board, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so so like it feels like refined, like mm. kind of classy. I do see what you mean about the wine comparison. Yeah, I feel like whoa. Is is it strong? It feels. Like, I can't tell. Feel like it. <laughs> I think my liver might be uh, collapsing in on itself, like a white dwarf star. Well, I said I've drunk a few glasses, mm -hmm. and I think because like, my brain is like, well, it's I know good, though, my brain's like, good. I know this is cider, but like it tastes like kind of like apple wine. Yeah, it does big time, and it's not fizzy. No. So my brain's doing all this weird gymnastics where yeah. I can't quite work out how I should feel while I'm drinking it. Yeah, I feel like if we were in a bar. And it had been served out of a tap or out of a bottle, and there was a big Apple logo somewhere. 
you know, then my brain would be comfortable in the land of marketing yes. and branding. But as it stands, you served it out of a beer bottle, which yes. has already thrown my mind for six. Indeed, yes. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. Um, it's not fizzy. It tastes like wine. It smells like apples. Um, and I can't decide if it's alcoholic or not. It's very curious because, I, like I said, I've drunk a few bottles. Not all at once. I've spaced <laughs> it out. And they're only it's only like, what, 300 mils? It's yeah. like a small glass. Quite a small amount, yeah. Uh, I don't feel massively wasted after I've drunk it. Okay. But I do get a headache about halfway through the glass. Oh, so, God. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. I'm like... I don't know what that means. I think I spend most of my time in a semi-dehydrated state mm. because you drink a lot of water. You're an advocate for drinking water. I, yes, it's true. Yeah. I'm like your nemesis in many ways. Yes. I am a magneto to your to your water-drinking Charles Xavier, I would say. Um, I eschew water in the face of tea only. <laughs> you are the magneto to my bald, wet <laughs> professor. <laughs> your dripping, moist professor that you are. Um, I am the crusty... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you desiccated do, magnesium. You take in liquid, yeah, but it's, if you force it's down thick me. and claggy, like uh, it's yeah, tea, like a, it? yeah, like a syrup. You only really you know. drink tea. I do, yeah. Unfortunately, I uh, well, and I'll, and then I'll have a soft drink with dinner, but that's kind of the limit of my hydration. What soft drink do you have? Uh, well, it varies, but at the moment it's a Rubicon mango. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. So I will I will buy a bottle or say some cans and have them in the house. Um, and that will be the non-tea that I drink pretty much. And that's it. Mm. And every few days, my uh, my body tells me that I am dehydrated. I mean, I've said this before. It is a miracle you're as healthy <laughs> as you are. Like, Well, healthy is a stretch, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. like it all balances out somehow. I don't know what I am. But you're I'm doing honest. fine. I'm a medical miracle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But you're doing all right. I'm doing all right. I feel great. Yeah. How many, how many weeks off uh, off uh, the old the sausage rolls? S E rolls. Um, well, it's pretty much since that episode. Oh so god, that was like it's got to be like that was in single figures. <laughs> <laughs> we never did a single figures episode. What are you on about? Um, I think that was probably three months ago. Yeah, ish. That's probably fair. Yeah, we were. It was a recording from uh, home, so it was within lockdown. It was in one of the lockdowns. One of the many many lockdowns. Yes. Speaking of which, not only are we now. Back in the studio. Indeed. But we're back in the studio with all the gubbings put with back in. All the trimmings, proper table, proper mic. The table's back. Um, it all looks very professional. It does look good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've missed it. And um, it was my DIY treat to myself last week. Oh, what was, a treat. was modding the uh, the mic stands into this new configuration. It's very good. It looks like some sort of uh, eldritch beast has risen up from the centre of the table and spread its tentacles across that's all. This is this is what happens when we don't have Chris Ray here. Like mentally, we're filling yeah. that you know hor horrible vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm I'm picking references that I feel like he probably wouldn't have got if he was here. I know, <laughs> I know. It's kind of like you know the cat. My love. Spoilers. I've gone like, well, Chris Ray isn't here, so I don't have to dumb it down anymore. <laughs> I can go. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, no, my hate is the same. I yeah. was like, I had this hate, um, and I wasn't going to bring it today because I thought, you know. It's just not got that that mass appeal flavour. Yeah. But when the instant Chris Ray wasn't here, I was like, no, nah, I can I can yeah. I can wheel this one out. This isn't for the fans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is for us. <laughs> but this is what I mean by him being this necessary ingredient. Because yeah. because I think that with him there, with this this salt of the earth quality that he brings, you know, to the table, the football that he brings to the table yeah. quite often. His rugged uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I th I think we would alienate our audience if it wasn't for him. Yeah, because <laughs> If you and I, like, for 
two, three. I've, I've lost track. We're in the nineties, yeah. somewhere in the nineties. Double figures, at least. yeah, double yeah. figures. Finally, um, it would be like ninety odd episodes of us going like, "Don't you hate it when like uh, Naruto, you know, doesn't live up to his potential? Yeah, you know? when it when he falls short with his chakras and his ninjutsus just really don't measure up." <laughs> You know, yeah, I know, yeah, and and then and then he'll just come in and 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 rave about like um, celebrity come, you know, come dig with me or something. Yeah. <laughs> come dig with come me. dig with me. Yeah, acetate Australia or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a as a hole update. Oh, because digging holes. You do love a hole, particularly a geometric one. Yeah, we've had a perfectly square hole. We have. We've had a perfectly circular hole, which was great. Dug a pond. Yes. I'm in the process of digging. A perfectly linear hole. Yeah. A two-dimensional hole. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Um, and also, I, I was looking in our pond earlier. Okay. Because we dug a pond a, yes. few, a few months ago. And uh, had quite a fright. Oh. Because uh, I've been watching life come and go. Mm. You know, we had like uh, an explosion of snails. Okay. So suddenly the pond was just full of tiny snails. Mm. And then the snail population dropped. And Uh-oh. now there's, there's like a few king snails, like gigantic snails moving around the bottom. Master snails. Yeah, like really big ass snails. Mm. And then, you know, I look at it and go like, oh, there's no life in there. There's no fish. There's no frogs. No. Then I'll, I'll, I'll lean in a little closer. And the longer you stare at it, you notice more and more. Like there's tons of little buglets. Staring into Tons of little buglets. There's, there's water boatmen. Oh. There's a few like little wormy, sluggy things moving around the bottom. Okay. And then I was looking at the pond earlier today. And then literally, like I was like, fuck is that? Like your brain does it, and thankfully someone else was there to verify it. A a macro organism, <gasps> like not a bug. It was like a le- fish. No, I don't. No, I don't know what it was. Oh my god! It was like the length of my finger, maybe. Okay. It was black, and it was kind of long and kind of like like a leech. Yeah, but it was swimming. Okay. Like it was moving. Like I don't a- know for a fact that leeches can't swim. I don't know. No. That. All I know about leeches is that in cartoons, yeah. people go into a body of water. And then they come they out. They come out and they're coming yeah. in. I know. I, my thinking is a leech would be a little smaller, right. a little slower. Sorry. Oh, okay. And this was going like, like proper uh, swimming like a snake through the water. Could it have been something like, you know, tadpole? Yes. To, to frog yes. spectrum. Mm-hmm. Somewhere on said spectrum yes. where it was more like snaky. Yes. Maybe. Uh, did cross our minds it was maybe a newt oh. tadpole. Okay. But we've not seen an adult newt. No. They're very sly. Yeah. It's a small pond you have. Mm. So it is it is fascinating to me <laughs> that it it you, this has sort of escaped your attention for as long as it has. Well, again, it's, it was a well indeed. Yes. Mm. No, I I'm as baffled as you are. Like where mm. the hell did it come from? Cuz we have a pond, but it's completely covered in lily pads. Ah. So there could, could be, be anything. Could be there. anything yeah. down there. And every now and then they do rustle. Uh, in an unnerving way. And I see like a fin, kind of like a shark fin, uh, just pierced. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was half looking for a moment. What the yeah. hell is that? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. There is there is stuff in there. We'd love some frogs. Mm, well, like I've if got we could... some. I mean, I could ship them over, I guess. I just lob them uh, over the you, house, I guess. Could you catch a frog? I mean, I've held a frog in our garden before, but they're very slippery At gunpoint or? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they seem to leave the pond. And yet you think you think they'd like the pond. You think they'd want to be in the pond, but they're very, very far from the pond. And then we'll be like mowing or, you know, doing some work in the garden. And it's like, oh, shit, I nearly killed you. Nearly stood on you. Nearly dropped a paving slab on you. And uh, I encourage them back to the pond, usually by holding them for a while. But they, they do slip out of your hand quite easily. Ah. But yeah, I can maybe grab one for you if you like. Just bring it yeah, around in my pocket. Yeah, bring, brings a frog. Yeah, it's bring yeah. A frog. <laughs> just a frog. Brings donation. a frog. What the hell not? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, what have you got to trade? Um, 
I don't want that black thing. I don't know what it is. No, it could be anything. It's I don't... the long boy. Is that... Yeah. <laughs> the long pond boy. <laughs> uh, I've got some half bricks. Okay. Yeah. Half brick for a frog. Yeah. I'll take two. I, I excavated some out of the dirt pile. Oh, great. Yeah. You're really selling this. Oh, tell me about it. Like the only, the only time that Chris Ray and I talk now when we're not doing the podcast is when I, I pester him to come get some dirt. Come take my dirt. Got... Oi. <laughs> We've got a special chat, like just called like dirt, dirt friends. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and I'll just message him. We're going dirt question mark, and then he'll he'll, come and he'll just reply with dirt full stop. Ah. And it's like ah, I know what that means. And, and then, if it's dirt exclamation mark, and then he'll come and he'll come and get it. Yeah. Or when it's dirt exclamation mark, he comes and does some dirt in your garden, which he does some night soil. Nobody wants that. Night soil. I love night soil. <laughs> it's such a good phrase. I was thinking like soil and dirt. They're perfectly functional words on their own. Yeah. But if you ever like append like if you stick on an additional word yeah like night soil if you put night onto anything in to some extent it does some it does some great work i the think night dirt but particularly night soil is is night very soil good. is pretty good yeah it's like <laughs> old dirt that's yeah. not good it's not as good no the bad dirt yeah the good dirt good dirt good dirt mm-hmm. like good bacteria yes yeah i don't i don't like that no there we go so that's mm. that's you know kind of great dirt and this is us trying to make it down to earth because we don't have Chris Ray. Down to earth? Oh, that was quite oh, funny. Yeah, that. there we go. Oh, we did a joke. I so did. that's oh, good that's then. fine. So yeah. we're in. We're in now. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. It's been, <laughs> it's been great. Um, well, um, I say, Christ, this is dry. It's very dry. Uh, I feel like I'm getting thirstier yeah. as I drink it. I want like water. Yeah. yeah, this is... Isn't that... That's a thing, isn't it? When you drink dr- very dry wines or whatever you do have a glass of water to the side i yeah. feel i feel like that's a thing that maybe i'll have to go do. get some water in a minute yeah <laughs> i just had a sip and I was like, oh, I'm feeling... my mouth is like a desert like and an you arid. drink and you drink like tea yeah like, like hardly like, ever yeah like i don't drink enough and and my mouth is feeling i've never felt like this before yeah what does this mean because because while you while we were talking then i was like gosh i, I could do with a sip and it just goes right to the back of your throat like yeah a, and it's like a mouthful of and sand. it leaves nothing on yeah. the way you don't you don't get like a mouthful of liquid to savor for a second or two. It's just gone. I mean, it's like it's evaporated. It's definitely appley. Oh yeah. If anything, it's just like it's it's like it's condensed apple flavor. Yeah, it's like the essence of apple. It's like when you have a sweet, like a sour sweet, mm. and it it leaves that feeling in your mouth of just like your mouth has been blasted by an apple. Yeah, ravaged. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like of... an apple exploded in your mouth. And there was nothing left it except... salted the earth on the way down. Apple like. vapour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Um, yeah. It's, um, something's happened, though. Like, it's not like apple juice. Like, it's definitely... Was it this dry when you tried it? Or has it got drier? I feel this is drier than yesterday. Like, I, I drank I drank a glass yesterday. And I was like, oh, this is actually quite mm. pleasant. But maybe I was in a different frame of mind. Maybe. I may not have been talking as much. That's true. So that the ravages be. of the apple yeah. goodness were kind of contained. Mmm... Well, Nicholas, uh, you know, while your voice is it's like it's like a very cultured evening of uh, <laughs> yes, and mm. and uh, Nicholas, uh, if yeah. you wouldn't mind uh, having touched upon politics and the economy, uh, would you please talk about your uh, your hate? Indeed, let me just sit back in my red upholstered leather armchair. Indeed, in, in front of this fire and mm. adjust my robe. Mm, yes, you drinking that decadence? Delicious. Um, I have a hate. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, have you heard of? <laughs> Um, adoptables in the context of open and or closed species. <laughs> I ask this knowing that you probably have not. 
Where to uh, begin? I you might ask. Yeah, okay. I already have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. So there's a community online. I always bring this shit, don't I? Like, yeah, this you is do. the kind yeah, of shit yeah. I bring. And I don't know I don't know why. There are furry connections to this. I'll be honest up front. There's a furry there's some furry DNA here. But it's not exclusively a furry thing or to exclusive to furries. But basically, yeah. there is a community online where artists create species. And by that I mean they they decide on a kind of creature, right? Um and they name said creature. So let's say I was one of these artists, right? Okay. And I'm like, let's 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 say say theoretically that I had like 98,000 followers. (laughs) You know, and I I could make money and a living off of this this bullshit, right? Mm. Um, And and so what I do, I sit down one day and I'm like, I want to make, I want to make a species, right? My species, I'm going to call them splorts, right? Okay. And they are going to be, they're going to have a bean shaped body. They're going to have three legs. They're going to have antlers and a long snout. That's And that's what a splort is, right? Thick, powerful legs. Very muscular legs. And a snout that's just ripe yeah. for kissing. Yeah. And a tail that looks mm, a little, let's just say sexual. Yeah. And uh, you, it's weird because you'd sort of think to yourself, well, how can a tail be sexual? But when you but see it, it when, you, you, see when it, you see it, you know, you know it's you know. sexual. Yeah. Everything about my splorts that I draw... They are a bit sexy, but not in a good way. Right? No, okay, yeah. Um, and what I do first is I is I create a fact sheet that outlines everything that makes a splort a splort, right? Makes it unique. That makes it a species, right? Okay. Because in the same way that a deer might have antlers and a lizard might have, you know, scales, these species are defined by certain characteristics. And I am coming up with my own fictional animal species. Right? It's, mu- it's much like people do with real world species so Mm. you know we have a photo of a rabbit and yeah scientists would feel it necessary to write next to it a rabbit has two very long ears yes and a jumping power of 12 because scientists don't have they don't have enough to do no yeah and they do love giving arbitrary scores to animals yes a jumping power of 12 you know charisma through the roof Yeah, yeah arguably particularly with a horse i would say or a or a Gnorth, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a splort, John, I think. Um, So if I was to create this species, and then if I was to call it an open species, right, which is terminology, I'm using real terminology here on the internet, then you, John, you could draw a splort. And as long as you followed my rules that I'd outlined, you know, muscular legs, sexual tail, snout, uh, suggestive look in the eye, always winking, this sort of thing. You followed all of those rules. Okay. You would have drawn a splort. And you don't need me, the creator of the splorts, to say that's a splort. The community knows that you've drawn a true splort. You, the, what, what I find, I'm with you so far. I've got to do a lot of groundwork on this. I know, no, and I'm with you so far. Maybe I'm hung up on the wrong thing here because I suspect there'll be more to be hung up on. Oh, I'm sure there will. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't get over the fact that not only have you drawn a picture, <laughs> you have described all the characteristics of the thing you have just drawn. Mm-hmm. So somebody could go, well, that's an open splort. Open species. Uh, Was it a splort? A splort, yeah. Okay, it's a splort. It's it's open. It's open. I think I'm going to draw a splort. Yes. Uh, And thankfully, and I could use this picture as a reference, but thank God (laughs) that the, the, the artist has written this descriptive passage because... How else could I? How could I possibly? How could I possibly recreate the thing mm. of which there is a drawing in in front of me? Yes, indeed. Like I've copied that picture, but until I work my way down that checklist to confirm that yes, it's got <laughs> thick, powerful legs, mm-hmm. a sexing, 
a sexy, sensual tale. Very sensual. Uh, fuck me eyes. Yeah. One always closed. And and, 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 uh, and uh, just a real phallic snout. Yeah. I'm not going to know. And a big sh- dick. <laughs> <laughs> really big dick. I'm not a, a real just catastrophic <laughs> penis. Raging chub. <laughs> I'm not going to know that, that this is a, a sport. This is, if anything, how this entire community lives and dies is by this adherence to the rules. Okay. Because I could just create whatever the fuck I want and be happy with that. But instead, there's this idea of... You'd never of... be happy. It would never be enough. <laughs> That's the no, problem. Exactly. You can't be satisfied. Not sexually, certainly. Um, the whole idea of this is that you are in some way adopting these creatures. That you are that you are fooling yourself and, and everyone around you. You're joining in on a, on a fiction that you are not just drawing this thing, but that it truly exists to some extent. Wait, are we talking species in the sense of there are many of them mm. or is it more like species like species like pokemon or species like digimon nick is what i'm asking is there only one splore in the world um so, <laughs> so it's so hard to explain this yeah okay so each creator will create his own his own species say or could or could create multiple species but yeah. let's 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 talk about it using pokemon as an analog right uh, a species of Pokemon would be a Pikachu. Another species of Pokemon would be a Butterfree. Yes. This is this is how it's so so all sports. Thank look... you for keeping it to the original 150. Otherwise, Chris Ray, who yeah, I know exactly. isn't here, wouldn't be able to. He relate. would have not yeah. followed this at all. Yeah. Um, so I kept it there for him. None of that Registeel bullshit. You know, <laughs> OG 150. Yeah. You know. Chikorita. What's that? Is that edible? I hope so. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> So, so you're you're creating, and 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 the, the essence of it is, is that every splore I draw basically looks identical. It's just that I've changed the color palette. Really, that's all I'm doing. Are we talking like it's the same pose, pretty much? Like literally, you buy a kids book, and it's color along with with solid with Sonic. Why can't I speak? I don't know. Maybe it's Poseidon. Maybe it's yeah. Poseidon. <laughs> um, color along with Sonic. Yeah, you know, and it's just here's an outline of Sonic. Fill in your own colors. Mm. So then you could do a red Sonic. So every, oh everybody God. is recreating a sport. Yeah, almost almost exactly like that. Sometimes they will change the poses. And to be fair, probably most of them do. But truly, madly deeply, you are just creating the exact same thing. It's just you're making your one. And then you've adopted a sport. And you can say to yourself, I have a sport. Ha ha, look at me. Because it's an open species and you can have your own one. Right? I haven't even got into closed species yet. Right? So closed species, bearing all that in mind... A closed species means I've created a splot. Now, let's use a new word. I've created a spunk. No, that's bad. No, uh, 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 <laughs> it's always got to be that it's for consonants you never expect to be together. Sure. Uh, a quarange. I've created a quarange. Yeah. Right? It's very hard to say, but it's yeah. written down most of the time. It doesn't matter. Um, oh, and, and you would never say this out loud to someone. Certainly not. No, not in Especially polite Especially when company. your grandma asked, hey, what do you do for a living? Um... um <laughs> <laughs> I heard you quit your job, Jeremy. At the factory. And now you're earning some of those internet bucks. Yes, that's right, Nanny. Yep. What what do you do? Um, well, you know you know cat shelters where you would <laughs> where you adopt, you know, cats. You know that? Yes. Well it's like that, but sexy. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way you can explain it to Grandma. Are you on that deviant art <laughs> shit? Oh, believe me, John. All of this takes place on deviant art. 
And Granny, how do you know about TV at all? I gifted you a llama. <laughs> that's a... That's, that's a, a deep. That's reference. a deep cut. Yeah, well deviant done. Art joke. Yeah. Did you have a deviant art account? I did once upon a time. Mm. Awesome. Um, we'll get yeah, into that. Just, <laughs> just for the blueberry porn. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I've created the quarange. The quarange. Yeah. But I have been explicit online is to say this is a closed species. John, if you want to sit there and try and draw a quarange, you can't. You can't. You can't. If you did. It would be quarange fan art at best. So if I but try, you wouldn't have an official quarange. But say, but Nick, you know me. I do. Free spirit, prairie in my blood. Yep. Scallion. Out, out on the wild fields, amongst yeah. the barley. Uh, you know, uh, just me and my, I'm a, I'm a trained, sexy ass sport, you know, <laughs> pounding the open badlands. Mm, you know. And it's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I say to myself, I'm a rebel. Yeah. I can't be contained. No. So this this Nick online. Yeah. You wouldn't use your real name. I wouldn't. No. I'd be called um, Auntie Woo Woo uh, Triple X, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Woo Woo Triple X <laughs> says, says I can't draw a quange. You can't. But I'm going to. By, no, no, fuck you. By golly. But what you're saying is... is the community the, would turn on you. What you're saying is the moment I picked up a pencil... Mm-hmm. I would lose my near constant erection, like, and I, and I suddenly the magic would be gone, and I just couldn't do it. There wouldn't be any magic. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get it up and and get that chub on because you would know in your heart of hearts, John. You'd know that that quange that you're you're beating your meat desperately to, isn't really the real deal. That's when you realise like you're living a lie. Yeah. You know you should never have turned your back on. Never turn your back on a splore. Never. <laughs> like, well, no. <laughs> That's actually in their fact file. Never turn your back on a splore. A quarange, though, is fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, remarkably, creators online have created something of a... This doesn't work for everyone. If I went on the internet tomorrow, and if I said, hey, I'm Auntie Woo Woo Triple X, you don't know me, but I've got a closed species of quaranges, and you want one, everyone would go, who the fuck are you? Why would I want a quarange? It looks like shit. Its legs are muscular, sure, and it's got a great wink, but I don't know if I... Got a great wink sounds like a super euphemism. Anyway, like, I, why do I want a quanch? Like, these people have, have, have built personas and communities online for themselves over years and years and years and years to the point that they will create these drawings and people will pay money to adopt them. They will release what they refer to as drops. So let's say for September 2021, they will release six quanches. And they will basically all look the same, but there'll be new colours that quanges have never been in before. And every single one of them will be, to some extent, unique. One might have a star pattern on its chest. Wait, but they're not gifting that artwork to an adopter. They, yeah, to some extent they are. Yes. So it's almost like you're buying a commission of a custom... So customs is a whole other thing. Customs is a higher level. Oh, stupid of me to bring it up. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So what I'm talking about here are are the fixed. Let's say let's say I do a drop of six, right? And I've done a green quarange, a red quarange, a yellow quarange with polka dots, and a purple quarange and two more, right? Okay. Um, and people are like, oh my god, Auntie Woo Woo Triple X has released another drop. Let's get on there and see what they're like. Oh, look at that purple one. I have to own it. And so they message me, and they say, I want that one. I want to adopt that one. Yeah. And I assume it's a first come first. Service. So can I now, so I get that. Let's say you're the buyer. So do I now, can I now, draw, I can legally draw. You can, you can. Quarch. But I don't think that's what people do. I don't think that's what they want to do. Because the part of the, the charm and the, I don't know, the value that they ascribe to these adoptables comes from the fact that it's specifically drawn in the hand of that artist, that style. 
So when you buy one, you get a lot of images. You get you get its profile picture, as it were, that you saw that you, you fell in love with. But then you get all sorts of different shots of it, which you can then use around the internet in many different ways if you want to. You can make it your persona. You could say, I am this. It could be a, fu- a fun new avatar. For example. Yeah. Yeah. But the way people, I think, treat them is like collectibles like they've like they've bought a pokemon card that's super rare like they've got that shiny pog that no one else got that's how it's treated but it's a purely digital file of an entirely fictional imaginative creature construct it's incredible and it's even more incredible john when i tell you that people pay two to three hundred dollars for these for the for the for the top end adoptables for a top end quange yeah but then, but but then they'll rank them. So, for example, oh, you got to rank. You got to rank. You got to rank your adopters. So, see, it's September comes, new drop. I've got six basics. I got two shinies, and I've got one cipher mode, or something. They'll just be a name. They'll just have weird names, right? And 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 that one, that'll be a grand. Is there is is there an agreed upon terminology for like basic rare? No, each creator comes up with their own. So. <laughs> It's like okay. it's the Wild West to some extent. Yeah. Um, some creators might have five tiers. Some creators might have ten tiers. Some creators might just have the two tiers. Some creators have such an elite position in this community that they can command such a price for each individual adoptable that they really only need a couple of tiers. They just need the basics, which all go for three hundred dollars each, and then one shiny one. Say. So they're not even they're not even battling or doing. It's not even like I'm creating a fun new Pokemon. There's often a law. And a world associated with each of the species that's brought out. So they will say, "Do they all inha- do they all inhabit the same world?" No. Well, that no far from that's it, pointless. Yeah, some yeah. Might, okay, to okay, some, to yeah, some, some might yeah. Argue, yeah. No, if anything, each one is its own self-contained universe. Quite often, the universes involve the fact that the creatures live in harmony with humans, because the idea is you're adopting a pet. Yeah. So to that extent, it's like you're buying, you know, like Pokemon and Digimon are separate universes. If imagine each creator's adoptables inhabit a different pet universe, that's the way to think about it. So they're not even. It's not even like they're building an ecosystem or something. No, not really. It's more like they're just creating a commodity that they can artificially ascribe value to. The thing is, right? Okay, like. I don't I, I don't want to be too hard. Everyone's got their thing. Mm, that's dry. But it's so dry. <laughs> but like do you remember like the whole kind of um the hedgehog game? Yeah, what where you type your name the hedgehog. Yeah, into, so it's like, you Google. know, Kevin the hedgehog, yeah. uh, Mike the hedgehog. If you google it, you will find that inevitably somebody online has created a Sonic the Hedgehog fan character. Yeah. Of, but, of what was their name, but of course they've posted it online so it's your name as yeah, well. It's yeah, it's like um, you know, Sebastian the hedgehog. <laughs> You know, which was actually one of the um, uh, last names that they nearly went for for Sonic. It was, I, I heard it, it at Sega. They were going to. They had like. <laughs> it came down. They had like <laughs> Sonic, Sebastian, and then everyone at Sega is like putting like a little sticker on yeah. the one they like the most. And they went really far with it. There was toys made <laughs> and, and like box art and everything. They already started manufacturing. <laughs> yeah, um, they had to recall like fifty. They, did. Yeah. they really thought everyone would go for Sebastian. Yeah. Um, my point is like. That's bad and cringy and awful. And sure. awful. Yeah. And 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 if I'd had access to the internet at that age and forums, God, there but for the grace of God, go I, because I probably would have been. Oh, doing me that. too, hundred percent. However, there is still an inkling of creativity in that because you are coming up with because 
here's the beauty of a pencil, Nick. You may not realise this as an artist. <laughs> what? But you fucking idiot. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have a pencil and paper... You can create anything. World. There's no canvas bigger than your imagination. You can draw anything. Put a dick on that, you know. On oh, that, I will. Yeah, put a dick on that border. Put some eyes on it. Great. It's a, it's a Google, it's a Google do or yeah, something like a that. Google do. A Google do. Yeah. How many penises does that flying helicopter have? I don't know. It's it's uh, it's spangle flap, right? Yeah. And I've got ten cipher editions. To, my, my point is, is like you draw all that, and the only friend you need is a pencil. Yeah, you can you can you can draw as many as many imaginary knockoff Pokemon as you like. This is true. Now, this isn't even that. No, you're buying, or or sometimes just asking permission. Yeah, to have a low res JPEG. <laughs> Not even that. To have the right to draw. A... I think it started life as the right to draw, but I don't think it is anymore. Like, I think it's very much now you just have it. And quite how you have it is very nebulous because really what you have is probably three or four JPEGs, as you say, in a folder on your computer. Uh, There is, however, a master list. Every creator has a master list. Oh, wait. So there's not even one centralized... No, 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 because because you're subscribing to essentially to different brands. Because I cannot here. stress enough that these are all completely unconnected. Oh yeah, no, I oh. really, I really can't stress that enough. Yeah, it's that, so unconnected. Yeah. yeah, it's almost pointless. So there's yeah. a really, really famous creator, right, who's made arguably the most famous adoptables, and they're called Grems. Like G R E M, Grems. Okay. And they kind of look like they look like furries, basically. <laughs> they look like dragon furries. They're 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 two legs, two oh. arms. They're stood up yes. like humanoid. But their legs do that thing where they bend the wrong way, you yeah. know, like furry back legs do. It's, it's the weird Venn diagram or of the dragon furries. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a thing. Isn't Hitting it? both yeah. of those. There's a lot of My Little Pony DNA in a lot of this stuff. Yeah, right. So they've got a snout. They kind of got fur, but they got they're quite muscular. Mm. They got a sexy tail, um, and they are they're called Grems. And there's there's three tiers of Grems. There's there's Grems, and then there's like these special snow Grems. I don't know, understand quite whether that means they're Arctic or what. And then there's this, uh, the Cypher. I think they're called Cypherus or something like that, which is where I got that from. Um, and they will release these every per unit of time. I don't know. And then people will buy them and they have a master list. And the way it works is, is that the creator, who's called something like Mr. Grem or something like that. Sure, you'd have to. Um, when you, John, want to buy one of the latest Grems that's just been released in the latest drop. What if I... Sorry, I, I'm really... Fu- I, I'm actually <laughs> holding a pencil right now mm. and I can see what the Grems look like. Yeah, oh, no, I, I know you can so like perfectly. But but I'm doing it wrong. I should put that pencil down. Put the pencil down. Snap it in half, actually. Oh, okay. And you know all those other art, that, all that other art stuff you've got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that Creative Cloud subscription you've got? Oh, yeah, you yeah. You know that yeah. computer that you've got? Actually, yeah. no, you'll need that. You'll no, need that. I'll need that, yeah. yeah. But everything else, burn it. Burn it, okay. It's not about creativity, John. Okay, so, so, yeah, so I'm throwing that away. Yeah. You're going on Grems, Grem.com, I don't know. Yeah. And you're looking at the latest drop and you see a beautiful midnight blue Grem covered in stars. Oh, just like really like svelte. <sighs> yeah. That pelt is svelte. <laughs> That pelt is svelte. That's actually, he's got a tagline and it says that. That's That pelt yeah. is svelte. Yeah. Uh, and you've fallen in love. And as you fell, you sort of pierced yourself on your own erection because the feelings within you are powerful. <laughs> so complex. It's like I didn't really understand mm. like love. True love. No, yeah, no, no, not true love. No, sorry. Like an aggressive <laughs> like physical erotic love. love. Yeah, like... <laughs> 
Yeah, sorry, I misspoke there. Yeah, a carnal kind of animalistic love. I never really understood that until yeah. I locked eyes with that. With that midnight blue. With that am- anthropomorphic. Um, dragon fur boy. Dragon fur boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you want to buy that. So you PayPal $300 to Mr. Grem. And he has a master list. I didn't need that insulin anyway, so. <laughs> and the master list now says Midnight Pelt, which is what he was called. Uh, official owner, uh, John, or whatever your online ah. name is. And uh, now no one can dispute that. No one can dispute that Nobody you Nobody would. No, no one would. No court in the land. Other people no. might draw fan art of Midnight Pelt. And you can go, fuck you, sir. You, f- I own him. Yeah. Fuck off. But that's probably not what would happen. What would instead happen is people would maybe draw it, not as fan art, but draw it and say, I got this, Graham. And it's like, no, you didn't. Because if you check the master list, which is public on his website, you'll see actually that I own that Graham. And the community is very, honors this. Like, so th- that sort of conflict doesn't actually occur. And I gave that as an example. But yeah. it doesn't occur because everyone subscribes to this. Everyone subscribes to it. Because if if anyone didn't, it would fall apart. So the only way this thing can continue to exist is by the collective will of everyone involved. Because are you, are you familiar with uh, Blaze, Blaze Ball? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's something. It's cool. That's something for another day. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> another day that Chris isn't here. Although it is sports. So you might appreciate that one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that one. But like, Blazeball is a shared storytelling lie. <laughs> yeah. As a lot of stories are. Mm-hmm. But because there's no like, it's not Disney or whatever. Yeah, there's not a big corporation driving it. It only works because everyone agrees. Yeah. And there play. is a shared central canon. So to be fair to this, to adoptables, there is a shared central canon for each creator's well, creation. No, because no, I could set up a blaze ball tomorrow. You could. And, and no one would play. And no one would care. No, yeah. no one would care. I could set up an adoptables tomorrow. How is this a community? I know. It's probably, it's not, it's like 58 how isolated this, communities. How, well, yes, it is, but it's 50 isolated communities that all play by the same rules in different universes, if you see what I mean. Like, I saw some comments because um, I was I was doing some research because I was just fascinated by it. And there were some comments underneath a video about Grems. And this guy was like, oh, yeah, I, know, I own a couple of Grems and I own a couple of Sprorts and I own two, uh, you know, fl- fl- Flamonans. And, and I was like, he's literally talking about them like they are physical commodities in the real world. This is, is this like, this is basically NFTs, isn't it? Yeah. It's exactly that, but this, without the system behind it that, that makes it official. This is the Scooby-Doo ending. They're going to rip the head off that sexy dragon boy. Yeah. And it's going to be NFTs underneath. It is NFTs before NFTs were a thing. And in a way, they in a way, it's exactly an NFT. Because all an NFT can do is digitally allow something to exist in one instance. So you can allow there to be one copy of a digital file that could feasibly be yeah. copied. Because the entire system prevents... Like they, you know, every every part of the system uh, acknowledges that there's one owner of that thing. And that's how it works. It's all encrypted. Yeah. This does the similar thing by having the master list. So because the creator is in absolute control of the sure. universe. That's all, that's the blockchain. That's the blockchain. Right. The creator can go, John owns Midnight Pelt. No one else owns Midnight Pelt. So no matter what else happens out there, if someone else copies or screenshots an image of Midnight Pelt, which they could do. Yeah. They still wouldn't own it because you do. And Somebody, one of these, somebody's getting rich off this. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. one of these went for 20 grand. One of them was auctioned off. And it went for 20 
thousand dollars. There's for that's why I feel old. Um, are you familiar with the phrase "horse famous"? No, <laughs> but I like it already. <laughs> no, I I watched a uh, weird, weirdly fascinating video essay mm. on the YouTube's the other week. The tubes about the death of the My Little Phony. My, my Little Phony. <laughs> fuck is wrong with me? It God, is the cider. God, it's dry. Uh, the My Little Pony fandom. Oh, has it died? Uh, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's probably died because of these adoptables. And the f- it, it, it's, it's about an hour long, and they were talking about the culture that mm. sprung up around it. Like mm. we, all, we all hear about bronies and, and whatnot. Pegasisters. Pegasisters and, and all that. Uh, but they talked about the conventions. You know, there were My Little Pony exclusive conventions yeah. and stuff like that. And there were celebrities... Within this community. Oh, I see. Right, yes. right, right. And they were not just people who worked on the show. Right. So they would be like, uh, oh, you know, and now our guest of honor, it's so-and-so, the showrunner, the person who wrote, or or so-and-so, it's a voice actor. Right, right. I, I'm, I, I get it. I get why they would yeah, be 100%. famous. But no, like the phrase horse famous uh... kind of extended to people who are wildly, wildly famous and successful, but only in that one particularly niche fandom. Yeah. So, like, there were musicians. There were people who made My Little Pony-themed rave music. (laughs) They do gigs at these concerts and stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, They talked about, at one point, there was this one infamous fanfic, which was, like, 13 volumes long. It was, like... uh, a million words or something wild like that. And it was like... Set in the My Little Pony universe. Yeah, but it was like... Oh, I, I can't remember the specifics, but it was like magic and fantasy and epic in this like... like saga. teenage kind of Harry Potter kind of way. And apparently you could go to these conventions and like the creators of like this fanfic would be there... And they'd be celebrities. As horse famous celebrities. And people would be buying oh bound editions like physical like luxury bound editions of yeah. these things i'm this horse is, famous because this is exactly the same because like mr grem the creator yeah. of the grems is a huge deal in this community like and to the extent that he has a staff of of other artists who are officially licensed by him oh, to create grems um, and so there are six or so members of staff say underneath him and they all have a slightly different style but they are all creating grams, uh, official grams. Yeah, so that's what this... Yeah, because again, it'd be very hard to draw that many grams. Mm. With, a, with an erection that big, <laughs> for sure. Here's the big thing, though, John. Oh, don't. That, you can't change it now. After all of that, that's not my hate. You hate that you're not in on this. Yeah. <laughs> my own fucking host of little creatures is there still time maybe or is it too late is it already I, dying i honestly don't oh know oh my god are you the canary down the mine is this how it is this how a fandom ends is because when you i find go, out, because you yeah, find out because about I get, it. yeah i'm like the kid who got yo-yos at school yeah the day that no one else brought the yo-yo in yeah yeah, yeah. i'm the kid who makes a grem and everyone goes now nah, we've moved on I think I am that guy, John. Yeah, honestly, because log on to Twitter now. Mr. Grem, breaking <laughs> announcement. Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, I just have this kind of like crushing revelation. Uh, I'm uh, I'm packing it all in. 
Yeah. I think I'm going to be a farmer or something. No more Grams. No more Grams. Hashtag no more Grams. <laughs> Hashtag no more Grams. Grams of Grem life. Um, the reason is, is because despite the fact that there's a lot of shit and, and like, oh, look how sexy and muscular and dragon boy and everything they are. And, and that is true. It, it is dominated by that sort of My Little Pony furry yeah. aesthetic, which isn't something that appeals to me, but I understand does to a lot of people. But the actual idea kind of does ring true with me with my whole love for things like trading cards and collectibles and stuff yes. like that. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know, there are some out there that aren't sexy, that aren't brony-esque, that aren't furry-esque, and that are quite cool. Is there quite an element of like palette swapping? There is. Quite, yeah. Like... yeah. For some of the sort of cheaper, lower endy sort of ones, certainly. Yeah. For big yeah. time, yeah. That's, I... But that's kind of what they go for, because they kind of want theirs to look like all the others, really. Yeah. Because that's what they've fallen in love with. Because my thinking would be that you'd be like, if you were doing it, you'd be trying to like design like like Pokemon. Like I, you, I would you, be you trying come to up do like a 150 Pokemon. like different designs or something like that. That's certainly the approach that if I was going to do it, that's yeah. what I'd want to do, you know. But but um, and I think some people are doing stuff more like that. I saw one because I, I saw a whole video documentary on these basically. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'll put the link on the Facebook or whatever because it's really quite interesting. And particularly the story of the one that went for twenty thousand is kind of a saga which I won't go into now. But there were a few shots of different people's adoptables, and there were a few images in there that were really nice. And they were like a collection of really diverse creatures rather than just palette swaps of yeah. the same drawing. And I thought to myself, if ever I was going to be interested in this community, it would be those yeah. that I would be interested in. Because I'd be thinking with your like catamaran kind of style, I think mm. that would lend itself so well to coming up with cool little creatures. A little cast of creatures. And I think a part of me has always wanted my own Pokemon, you know. But it's interesting. Every, Who hasn't? Everything you're describing. Here's the thing, though. I would want my own Pokemon. Yeah, I would, would. I would not necessarily want some kind of palette swapped dragon se- boy. sexy dragon boy. No. You know? Because there's a lot of that online. I think there's it's, a I, huge amount of that. I think it's like a real... So anyone listening who's not in that community, it's like it's a real teenage mm. kind of artistic expression very much for for better or for worse like it's a time in your life where like you're you're starting to develop a style but you don't quite have the talent and such to kind of grow beyond and you that. do a lot of mimicry and copying of what's already there because quite like i've been there yeah well you're that's like, how a lot of artists yeah. if not all artists start and to be fair it's a it's a really legitimate way to kick off your yeah. artistic world because kind of like you know the first comics that you know i was making as a kid was sonic the yeah. hedgehog ripoff. So we just take the character and change the colours. Exactly. You know, it's, yeah. it's like well, your brain works when you're that age. I think pretty much every kid of our age, certainly, who drew anything yeah. drew Sonic. Car- I know I did a bit. But there's such an element of that where it's something about, like, I can imagine Sonic is not necessarily easy to draw, but there are rules to drawing Sonic. It's formulaic. You, yeah, yeah, the eyes, the body. And I imagine, like, when you're drawing, like, a, a dragon or, like, a My Little Pony... There's a particular For sure. rule to how you draw those. And then to customize them, all you have to do is add like a few... Yeah, add a mohawk, add an uh, earring. Yeah, add, add a few a, accoutrements. Add two tails instead of one tail. And suddenly you've got your own thing. And this is the thing, is that when I looked into it, a lot of them look basically 90... I'd say 90% of the world of adoptables look like My Little Pony is just slightly tweaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing maybe that I do hate about it is that what could be a very, very richly creative vein of people making... Something really cool, actually, that uh, and ascribing value to something nebulous. Yeah. Instead, has fallen into. It's kind of like what we were talking about shifting last. last yeah, time. yeah, yeah. It's like shifting this incredible idea of traveling to other worlds. But what do they do? They all go to Hogwarts. 
creating like adoptables. You could go, you could have anything. You could go anywhere. But what do they do? They all do My Little Pony. It's like it's such a shame that that creativity dies here in a place that it could thrive. And I don't, I don't really understand why that is. Yeah. But because internet, I guess. And I find it weird that like. Now again, like it's like this is how the economy works. It's like people, things are only worth what people are willing to pay for. Them. Exactly. So like, if someone's willing to pay twenty grand for a, a, a grem boy, a grem, which they were, then I'm like, well, clearly it is worth twenty thousand pounds or yeah. something. If you're like going to subscribe to any part of the myth of capitalism, you're going to have to accept that. I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like my, my brain is going like, well, is every individual picture or something a unique beautiful work of art mm. and the vibe i'm kind of getting is it's what well, is that while some might be that's not what it's in about. general you're not buying a unique piece of artwork no far from it you're buying it's almost like the novelty or the concept or something like that really yeah. you're paying to have your name on a list somewhere yeah, yeah. really you're paying for clout yeah. because because the way this person talked in this comment really highlighted it to me it's like i own a couple of grams and that's like saying I own a Rolex. It's like anyone can have a watch and you don't need your watch to be a Rolex to tell the time. But having a Rolex is a brag. It's, yeah. it's a bit of clout. I can afford to have a Rolex, so I do. And you can, in in this community, you care about the thing, you want it, but also having a Grem means something. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, you have a Grem. That's cool. Like... It's like having a shiny Charizard because you either paid for it or pulled it from a from a Pokemon pack of cards. Like, yeah, it's so yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. I know you're you're right, and I I get it. But I think what makes it really hard to fit into my brain uh, is is simply that like with all those other things, you have a thing. I know. If you have a watch, you have a physical watch. If you have a Charizard card, you physically own a card. Even I would say. Because I play uh, digital card games. Yes, I know for a fact that I do not own. I don't a even have card. I don't even have a JPEG of these cards. No, I only, far from it. No, but it still has a use and a function in, because you can play a game. Yeah, like this is the granddad part of our brains. Yeah, this is the the part of us that, despite understanding NFTs, will probably never buy one. No, because I can't quite get my head around the idea of not owning it but owning it yeah and certainly if you're not even owning it for the fact that it is it's the value of the, the work of art mm. you know because we we you know you're an artist we know so many artists yeah and it's we like, buy artwork and commissions are a thing yeah big you, time. you have a ton of artwork in your house yeah we have a ton of artwork in our house and it's to go like oh i like the artist's work and i like this picture or i want a particular thing drawn boom Here and that's the thing it is utterly unique and i love it for what it is mm. but like and I do, to be honest, like, you know, the, the custom side of adoptables is is the very expensive end where, you know, sometimes a creator like Mr. Graham or whatever yeah. will say, I'm doing two customs this year and you bid for a slot. And if you win that slot, then you get to say, right, I want a Graham who's got three horns and he's red and blue colored and he's got the biggest dick you've ever drawn. Yeah. Um, you and- might reach a point where you think... You've this is a, a pretty big dick, dick. but yeah. no, I assure you. I assure you. Yeah. Um, I want him to be eclipsed by his own you, penis. You need that <laughs> wide paper, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you, A3, I'm talking A3.5, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> for the for the dick. <laughs> I want that dick paper. For the dick? <laughs> for the dick, yes. Yeah. You know, you're, and, you know you're, going, you're going to, uh, like, uh, you go to W.H. Smith, you're like... Uh, um, excuse me, I'm looking. Uh, do you have some of that wide paper 
for the dick for the dick <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah. you sort of go in and you're sort of a little humble it's like when you it's like when you're buying porn and you don't it's like <clears throat> i'd like the <clears throat> i need um excuse me <clears throat> i'd like the a3.5 paper please oh for the dick for the dick for the dick sir <laughs> time's in <laughs> no no don't say it can we get no. the dick paper no, out, don't bring please? tamsin in i know her from school oh god for the dick <laughs> for, for the dick <laughs> It's like so, a uh, scroll, just kind of un. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long, so long for the schlong. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, so that's that. That's that. The world yeah. of adoptables and open and closed species. I feel like I took you on a journey, and I gave you a little. You oh, certainly did. Oh, do I hate it? No. Turns out I hate being left out of it. That's what I hate. That's the truth of it. And I just feel old. Oh, for fuck's so sake! Yes, hundred percent. Do, do you know? Do you know what I hate? What do you hate, John? I hate stock. Guitar music, okay, frequently found in elderly relative slideshows. <laughs> okay, okay. Now okay. I, I know that sounds a little specific, but maybe if I paint you a word picture, please do. You'll come with me on this journey. I'm, I'm unwilling to go. So, uh, uh, we had a uh, friend of the family, sure, an elderly gentleman who uh, travelled a lot. Okay. And we're talking, he was travelling, his prime travelling years were kind of like in the 90s and in the 2000s. Sure. So we're talking an era where it was possible to film a lot of things Mm. and do a bit of home editing. Okay. But we're talking uh, pre-Premiere Pro or anything like that being Mm -hmm. commercially really available at home. You know, people at home are not going to have access to like semi-decent editing software no so i would say more likely than not they probably had like a Mm cd-rom which they maybe sent away for brilliant or it came glued to the cover of a magazine (laughs) and it would be like you know create your your holiday video and share with all your friends yeah and they would rip a cd on their computer using like so they'd probably be a very limited piece of software yep kind of windows 98 sort of thing yeah i can i can see it yeah 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 yeah. and they'd like um assemble you know all the clips of their you know very like you've been framed kind of like yeah maybe a little transition you know maybe like the uh dissolve transition (laughs) or or the screen will like sink in turn around and come back yeah or wrap itself around a sphere and then fly away shapes like, <laughs> the screen distorts and wraps itself around the body of like a CGI horse that which, just like, gallops off which... <laughs> and it neighs gracefully <laughs> and then runs to the side yeah um, yeah that and uh, and then you'd, you'd rip a CD yeah man and maybe that's a cool word and maybe you would post copies to all your loved ones to, so, in jiffy bags so they could sit down I guess. On like a Sunday afternoon and just watch your kind of grainy... I feel like there was a very small window of time when when technology said, this is a thing that we'll all, we're all going to do and we're yes. all going to subscribe to. And even within that small window, because before it, we couldn't do it at all. No. And after it, we started doing things like sharing shit by emails and, and yeah, on YouTube or, or whatever. Yeah, or you, yeah, you'd put it online. Yeah you'd, yeah, you'd host it somewhere. There was yeah. this tiny window where ripping things to CD and posting them to your relatives was a thing. And even in that window, nobody fucking watched it. Yeah, no, one no, watched. and but but the the, the the reason, particular reason, I bring it up is um, there were clearly only like a limited number of tracks Five. that came that came with it, like yeah. kind of oh, sl- I see with the software, yeah, yeah like yeah. slightly kind of like low 
res not quite a midi but like yeah synthesized like and so i have this abiding kind of like sense memory and this maybe i'm the only person in the world who's ever experienced this but i'm watching this a slideshow essentially or like a montage of Mm. somebody's like holiday vids yeah and it's a lot of people like it's a no it's a lot of slightly wobbly kind of camera footage yeah uh of somebody like boarding a train you know and it's always like from that perspective or like it's looking out of a window while like mountains are going by such a great lots of scenery yeah often i think of the american landscape yeah somewhere because that that was the thing maybe that's like if you grew up in the uk it's like oh you know david down the road you know had a big trip to america and we're all gonna go you know what and and here's a cd-rom of like you know his (laughs) but he would always have this kind of like Guitar music, right? If this makes sense, as 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 the music, this kind of like slightly mournful, uh, <laughs> like it, it it seems very American, right? But in the way that like somebody has tried to evoke a feeling, a feeling, yeah, and it screams like the open road, or, oh, I see, or the American. Uh, the the American legend, like you know, the the untamed West, and it's all like, like that. stadium country music, but without any lyrics. Well, no, of. but this is the thing I'm doing a really bad job of explaining because you think to yourself, oh, so is it kind of like is it country music? No, it's not. Country oh, I music. see. Is it rock music? Like mild, middle of the road rock music? It's nothing. It's no kind of it's genre. Kind of like folk music, but it's oh, not okay. folk music. <laughs> I honestly think the only genre it is. Is elderly relatives <laughs> holiday montage video right? Uh, and the only other places I've kind of like uh, experienced it are like if it's not on one of those like homemade montages, it's like I used to work in uh, the range, mm. which is like a kind of it's like an everything shop, it's like an everything shop, it's kind yeah. of outdoorsy, but it's also not. There's lots of indoor shit in there, and and. and in the summer I spent working at the range, uh, we all went insane that <laughs> summer because of the only tape we could like play over the loudspeaker as like In calming the store. music. It was like pan pipes. Oh yeah, like, but pan- like pan pipes covers of like pan pipes plays pop. Pan pipes plays pop. Yeah, that's hard. To and say. and the pan pipe is the closest okay. relative to this. To this, where you know what I mean, like if if or like. It's like it's offensively inoffensive. Yeah, like it's it's trying to be background. It's trying to be something that you won't ever properly listen to because you're meant to be looking at the footage and yeah. looking at Granddad's trip to America. You're not meant to be thinking about this music, but in a funny sort of way, it pushes its way to the front. Yes, and becomes the only thing you're experiencing in your whole universe. Yes, I think I know what and, you mean. And and it's like there's something kind of like. Oh, it's maybe a little evocative. Yeah, because, or at least trying to be. Yeah, because I'm. You imagine like uh, you're you're bored in not even in a department store. You're bored in almost like a hardware store, mm. you know. And you're waiting to at the checkout, and there's like a spinner, like yep. a spinner rack next to you. And you say, "Well, I'm so bored. I'll browse that." Yeah. And of course, you've not heard of anything. That's being sold there. It's no recognisable artist. No. But it will have like 15 CDs all with variations on the title of like yeah. 
calming nature. Yes. Music inspired by the mountains and yeah. stuff like that. The road. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll always be footage of like, it's like a painted wolf. Yes. Kind of scaring Howling at, at a moon or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So yeah. If you cannot picture this, if you cannot hear this music in your head now, picture like... You see it on the back of Land Rovers sometimes. Like, yes, on the uh, tyre cover. Like, yeah. Sort of thing. yeah, and it's always like a mountain and a wolf. Yeah, yeah, and or a mountain and an eagle. Yes, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the visual representation of this. I feel like those spinning racks of those CDs of music by people who aren't musicians or famous yeah. people in any way, they're always in garden centres. Always in garden centres, yeah. yes. By the till, you know, as you're queuing, there's just this cylindrical rack of CDs. Yeah. And and they're all like, you know, Chip Huxley sings road tunes. And they're like, who the fuck is Chip Huxley? And then you read the back of and it's like 50 tracks of American noise. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like how are there 50 tracks of anything? Yeah, but you're right. American noise is brilliant because it's almost <laughs> like if you drove out to like uh, the uh, Appalachian Mountains or something and just held a microphone out. Yeah, this is what you this would hear. This is what you'd hear. This is the condensed sound of yeah. the American wilderness. It's like those that there's a really creepy ghost film I think called White Noise, where the idea is is that you record and you hear nothing when you're recording, but then you play it back and you amplify it mm. up and you hear a whispering voice in a in a mansion. This is what happens. You go out into the middle of the Rockies in America and you stand there with a microphone and to you at that moment it's silent. You just yeah. hear the odd bird call and the, the rustle of trees in the wind. And then you take it home and you put it <laughs> put it into audition and you like rank it up and you just hear like and you're like that was there. That was there all yeah. along. And I think it's funny you mentioned creepy. Yeah. Because like, I, the reason this popped up is that I, I heard something the other day that sounded a bit like it. This is what I was going to ask. Where did yeah. this, where did, who hurt you? <laughs> because I think there's still like a, YouTube has come a long way. Oh, sure. From like just uploading this kind of. In many of, ways, a bad way. <laughs> yeah. But it's come a long way from just uploading like this kind of grainy <laughs> video blender kind of like home footage. Sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah. But like, there's still like a subgenre of, of videos on YouTube which are like travel logs. Okay. And, you know, we watch them sometimes because yeah. it's, like, it's interesting. But they're the type where like there's no dialogue. Mm -hmm. It's not even like someone going, whoa, 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 it's your boy. Yo, what up? <laughs> train fan <laughs> you know and you're my train fan and hey we're going out into uh, I don't know a field I guess fuck you <laughs> you're gonna watch it <laughs> but first a word about honey honey is a great way to get coupons I fuck definitely off. won't be stealing all your data <laughs> um, yeah so it's not even like that it's just from the perspective and it's got that vibe of those mm. early videos where it's walking a very fine line between being like, oh, this is interesting. It's charming. And being a little creepy. Yeah. Because like I suddenly, I and, and they'll maybe play a bit of this stock guitar yeah. music, which I'm going to have to try and find a sample I was going to say, I think you, because I think I do get it, but I think there are going to be a lot of people I'm listening not who are describing. like, I want to hear a pure example it's of It's almost impossible to describe because it's definitely not country music. No. And... Kind of like American folk music, maybe, but it's not. It's yeah. like it's it's a it's a it's a guitar wielding wolf sitting under a full moon. I feel kind of. like I can hear it, but I could never sing it back. Yeah, you know, like, and I think, I think just for the sake of the listeners, you've got to try and find an example. Yeah, just got it. And it's weird, and and it it does, and I and suddenly I heard this song that sounded a bit like it, and I was like, <laughs> right back in time, and I was a 
either bored out of my mind at a garden center mm-hmm. hearing this panpipey brain numbing <laughs> bullshit coming over uh, you know and, and looking at a spinner rack yeah. you know with uh, you know the sounds of nature volume 4 you yeah. know well, like 70... volume 29 it's like how did they make this many 78 tracks running time 22 <laughs> minutes yeah you know? exactly yeah each track's like 14 <laughs> seconds long <laughs> what uh, or I'm watching this kind of holiday footage, which has like no narrative, no kind of voiceover. Is kind of creepy because it's got this very mournful kind of like, yeah. like everybody's dead. And we're yeah. just listening to this like mournful, wistful kind of howling, howling wind and the moon and the trees kind of music. <laughs> and it's just like footage of like somebody walking through airport security. Yeah. And you just get the kind of. Yeah, you got the Mike Russell and everything. Yeah. I feel like the creepiness is really interesting because you've you've reminded me of a time when I was a kid. My uncle was very like early adopter with a lot of early like nineties and early two thousands tech. Yeah. And he was very much this kind of guy. He would like he'd have the latest digital camcorder, you know, and he and he was always going on holiday as well, um, uh, with his wife, my auntie. And they would like go to these fantastic places. They'd record. He'd obsessively record on this digital camcorder, you know, which was yeah. like the size of a small car. <laughs> and and then he'd come back and he'd make a CD-ROM. And and he and I remember he sat us down once when we were visiting and he played this CD he'd made of footage of a holiday. It's really interesting that you say that because it's exactly what he did. But the soundtrack that he put to it was the Blade Runner soundtrack. <laughs> so this like haunting synth from Vangelis that did the music. <laughs> it's like. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, the sound, the, the music that you hear at the very beginning of the film when they're panning over this futuristic mm. city and it's like storm clouds above and it's raining and there's these hover cars flying and it's just this orchestral synth like like soundscape. It's rich and it's broad and it's round. And he was he chose it because he loved it. He liked that music. So he put it to this footage of him and my auntie Nadine, you know, getting off a boat. <laughs> it's just like in a canal holiday. And I was just like, what is happening? The deck of a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just weirdly, it was not only contextually off and like the juxtaposition of a madman. But it was also a bit creepy yeah. because the music is haunting in that yeah, film. Obviously, yeah. it's like meant to be kind of dark and brooding. And here's him smiling, walking down, you know, the canal like towpath. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> hey, hey, Nicholas, come sit over here. Look at this um, holiday video I've put together. Now, I've said it to, you know, the soundtrack of one of my favorite movies. And this is us boarding the plane. <laughs> yeah, I I watch it. Yeah, to be fair. yeah. I th- I I get it. I feel like I get it, but I also want to hear. I also want to hear I, it. I'm just. I'm. I'm I hate, don't know how you're going to find I'm it. I'm hating myself now because I'm thinking, what are the Google search terms I have to? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe find a shitty travelogue. It's the music of the wolf. Yeah, a maybe mo- try that. <laughs> A mournful wolf is what Actually, I'm saying. Actually, you know what? If you did try that, you might do it. The music of a wolf. Because that's the kind of title someone who used that music would give it. Yeah. You've got to put your mind into their mind. I think this is what synesthesia is like. You've got to get into Chip Huxley's mind. I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why? Well, no, I, I would say like more more creepier than Chip Huxley. Those CDs, mm. you think like they don't have a name. No, there's no name. No, there's no artist. It's like the CD was grown. Yeah, like it kind of just emerged from some kind of and husk. It, the, the cover will just say something like you know American sounds, and and it will have seventy nine tracks on it, and the cover will just be Route sixty six and a mountain. Yeah, and it's just like. Did someone make that? I mean, you look it up and maybe there's like an address yeah. on, on the box and then you Google map it and it's just like a, a, a barren it's wasteland. wasteland. <laughs> yeah. And there, there hasn't been a building there for, for forever. There just never has been. And you go to Google Street View and you spin it around <laughs> and there's a man and then you flick back and he's gone. It's like, oh, <laughs> God. And then you look back at the CD and the man's there and it's the exact same picture you just saw on Google Street View, but he's there on the box. <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, like grown is a really good word for it. It's like, because they're not passion projects. You know, whenever you see a CD, Mm. that normally represents someone has poured their heart and soul into making an album of songs that they made and gave a shit about. But these aren't that because these are filler. These are the filler for the universe. These are just there to be there. And also like going, even going back to the adoptables thing, Mm. if somebody's willing to pay, you know, 20,000 pounds for an adoptable, there's a market for it. Mm. But again, you see these CDs on a spinner rack in like a garden center. Nobody's buying them. No. How did they get there? Nobody's making them. Nobody's buying them. Like you've got to, you've got to say to yourself, well, surely no company would manufacture two thousand CDs a month <laughs> of sounds of the wilderness that no one's going to buy. If no one's going to buy them, somebody must be buying them. Or, 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 or they 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 weren't there when the shop was opened then just one day that a spinner rack was there i do feel like it's like one of those creepy urban myths yeah it's like these cds they just are they just are yeah and and when you come across them it's actually a glitch to some extent in reality or a representation of the microwave background radiation of the universe i don't know they just are if Like Voyager One, like you put a microphone out to space and you just hear the sound of a mournful a mournful <laughs> wolf. wolf playing a guitar. Yeah. It's just and we're coming past Saturn now and we're gonna turn on the microphones to receive the sounds of the universe. And it's just panpipes. This is like what the fuck <laughs> You don't see the panpipe bands anymore, do you? In the streets. In the streets. You don't so much. No, no. no. Uh no. I don't think I've seen one in years. No. What a sadness. I have a question for you. Go on. Were they ever actually playing? Ah, oh, th- Be- this is the age-old question. Because there was always a couple of dudes with panpipes. Mm. Then they'd have a massive boombox. Which you would think was uh, was meant to be the backing. Backing track, yeah. yeah. And they would have a mic on. They'd be yeah. wearing a mic on their ma- on their head, you know. But I was never sure either. No. I was never sure either because it was a very, very clean sound. It was a very, yeah, it really carried. But I also don't want to do them a disservice. They might be really great at panpipes. They could be. Like, I'm shit at panpipes, probably. I don't think I've ever tried a panpipe. No. Uh, but I bet I'm shit at it. I'm amazed you could just get like, I, I, no, no disrespect to the panpipe. No. But I well, say like any instrument, I'm just amazed you can get kind of like that much content to fill, know. you know, 70,000 CDs <laughs> with kind of just ambient whale noise, basically. <laughs> yeah, but there we go. I, uh, I do think it's more of an urban uh, legend. I want to find one of these CDs now. The yeah. next time I see one, I'm going to buy one. I desperately, yeah. I'm no, gonna, don't. I, no, I, I actually feel that would be like no, a kind of haunted I feel like, artifact. Yeah, yeah, yeah quite... exactly. And I feel like I'll get home and I'll open the bag and it won't be in there because you can't buy them. They don't, they're not there really. And it'll just be back there on the spinner rack. And then when I ask someone in the, in the, the shop, you know, oh, where did those, they're like, what are you talking about? 
There's never been any. What are you talking about? <laughs> you get home, open open the CD, open the box, and it's like a little, it's like a little stiff, it's like a little puff of dust when you open it. <coughs> and there's no CD. Where did the CD go? And you hear like a little whir, and you turn around, and it's already in the CD tray. And it's going in. Only it's really weird because you don't have a CD tray anymore because no. it's 2021. It's just, it's just gone into the wall. And oh. then suddenly you can just hear it everywhere you go. Mm. But there's no speakers. There's no headphones. You just hear it always now. Don't buy the CD. Don't buy... Oh. This sounds like an SCP now. It is a little bit of an SCP, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Do you, want a, do you want water or something to... Yeah, should we moisten? We'll have a break and moisten. Yeah, let's moisten up and then we'll come back. Yeah, the moist boys. Welcome back. Hello there. Hello there. Um, we did a little bit of searching off air. We did, trying to find the mythical music. And I feel like it is exactly that. There is a, there's a myth to it. We came, we yeah. came close. Don't get your hopes up. We don't have anything to play, sadly. We came, no. we came close. Yeah. But we didn't quite get it. So, yeah, if you can think of any buzzwords or keywords at home to help us find it. Well, by all means, if you think, listener, if you think you get it, which I think I do get it from what John said, but I do feel like I need the final push just to hear it. But like, if you think you get it, share with us a link and say, yeah. hey boys, is this it? We haven't quite worked it out yet because... We believe... think it might have to be minor. Though. Yeah, there's like a slightly unsettling kind of... Yeah. Again, it's that mournful... Mournful, tone. minor, not especially melodic, and definitely intended to be background. Mm. Those are the four big things, I think. Can't really carry a tune. Can't carry a tune. You shouldn't, shouldn't be the focus. You of couldn't your sing along. No. no. It's all verse, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's all filler and no killer. Um, but yeah, because I'm getting some weird, complex, and settling thoughts about all that, it's bringing back uh, ghostly memories. Mm. Uh, uh, do you want to say something positive instead? Do you have, do you have a love, Nick? Well, I do have a love, but interestingly, it's connected to ghosts. <laughs> You. <laughs> I just love connective tissue. I've always been about that in this show. We've always said gristle, you know, we've always fat, said, you know, gristle any, is king. Anything you can stick in a tube and put yep. in a bread roll. Or ligaments. Yeah. You know, anything that you can put through a machine and record, re- refer to as mechanically recovered meat. I'm on board. I've always said that. Um <laughs> and uh, my my love is to do with ghosts. So okay. so basically there's this guy who has gone very public on TikTok. Uh, with a challenge to mediums, like obviously people who yeah. lie and make people think that they can connect to loved ones online, uh, not online through their through their medium psychic powers. Um, and this guy awesomely had a best mate, and the two of them came up with a passphrase mm. <laughs> that uh, they would only tell each other. They're the only two that know this phrase, and they said, "If either one of us dies, yes, then I want the other, the living one, to go to a medium and say, uh, connect with him." And he'll say the passphrase, and then he'll pass it back on to the to the medium, and then the yeah. medium to the living chap. And sadly, there's the sad part of this story is that one of them has died, um, and the one that is alive has now gone very very public online with an open challenge to any medium to say connect to my best mate and give me the passphrase. <laughs> this is brilliant. Like it's only just begun, so already some mediums have said they'll do it. Which is insane to me because they're all liars and it's bullshit. But and yeah. they must know. They must know they're lying. They must know they can't speak to the dead. Oh yeah, but like what? Or best case, well no. Best case scenario, they think they can mm-hmm. speak to the dead, and they're going to do it. Yeah, and it's not going to work because no. of course the 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 
the energy wasn't right that day. They'll say. Or, yeah, there was like a negative influence in the room and, it, you know, wasn't able to connect. You yeah, know. yeah. Um, or they're just lying. Mm-hmm. And they'll do it anyway because they know people will still. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is that is that their their whole shtick? It doesn't matter whether there's proof or not. Like people just want to believe, and they're and they're going to. But I do think it's great. Like this is this is one of those dream situations where you come up with a way that you can prove yes something, but it involves sadly someone you know dying. Well, apparently, something. and again, not to not to take this away from this person because it's a very it's a very cool thing to do. Mm. Uh, particularly after a tragedy like that. Mm. Uh, but I think Houdini was the first to do this. Oh, really? I believe it was either him and his wife or it was him and one of his mates. Ah. And he said, look, if I die, because he was a noted skeptic. Yeah, and he yeah, said, yeah. Like, if I die, uh, I, 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 here's a phrase. Yeah. And I'll, you know, if I ever do find myself in a ghostly realm, I'll, I'll be, right, be right at your side with that magic tug harder. <laughs> My God, it is. It is. Yeah. It's true. It's all true. Blast my cash. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I just thought that was quite funny. I just thought it was uh, a, a chance to expose these bastards once and for all. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, I, I'm trying to... It's anything, it's too good a love because it's it's so succinct. I'm trying to I know, yeah, yeah. I've sort of, add to it. I've sort of rounded it off cleanly. But hey, we've waffled on about adoptables far too much. So, you know, no. anyway. But, no, um, it's good. No, I agree, I agree 100% because, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's trash. Like, yeah. it's actually, it's really awful. Like I think uh, I, it's, it's really interesting because, like, one of, the, one of the psychics that came forward, she basically duetted to his TikTok and was just like, yeah, 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 I'll take your challenge. And uh, I need to check in, actually, because this was like a week or so ago. I need to see if they've if they've done it. And, did and, she and like what's happened? Turn on her phone without using her hands or anything like that. <laughs> you know, did she telekinetically connect? You you wish him? you wish. No, no, it was purely just. Uh, did she haunt his UI or something like that? <laughs> just like an emoji. Yeah. <laughs> no, she just all she did was say, uh, "I will, I will take, I'll t- take this opportunity. I'll meet with you physically somewhere, and we, we're going to do this." On the spirit plane. <laughs> Yeah, if you could just project astral we'll do battle, yeah. <laughs> with your with your psychic self. Um and then, weirdly, her like husband slash manager slash agent came on and did a follow up video on her channel just going, Sharon will accept the challenge and is of course going to prove that she can, you know, um uh to communicate with the dead effectively. But however, 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 yeah, um, we will have to do some preliminary research to check that this person is for real and that he is not trolling and and blah, 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 a whole list of like mitigating circumstances. And uh, and so we will we will get back to you as to whether or not those, you know, this uh, research yeah. uh, ends up fruitful. And I think that's a very convenient way out because she can publicly say I'm up for it. And then her manager can be like, ah, no, we found something. And it uh, turns out we're not going to do it. It's a business. It's a business. Like wherever, yeah, a bit of scratch. Yeah. It's like um, when uh, Psychic Sally, uh, I think she's a big name. Yeah. Uh, I think she did a show at the Cheltenham Town Hall. Okay. And I, I remember seeing like a her poster outside. <laughs> and of course, if you ever get up close to a, uh, a medium's poster of course yes. you're instantly repelled by the psychic energy yeah yeah but um you get a it's wonderful because you get to see the the legal scuff ah because i guess like all the venues 
like she can say whatever she wants. Yeah, but, but they don't want to be tied with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, it, it's like psychic Sally, you know, big letters and like, may you know, not be psychic. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> every every letter in that in those two words has air quotes around it. P may or may not be a P. Psychic Sally. Um, yeah, like every. Uh, yeah, and it's like psychic Sally, like, you know, the nation's greatest clairvoyant, you know, join us for even, an evening of, like, uh, you know, spirits and, you know, a glimpse beyond Ghouls. the veil. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then at the bottom it says, like, you know, um, psychic Sally incorporated in the Cheltenham Town Hall acknowledge that this is a work of entertainment and we do not suggest in any way that, you know, psychic Sally can genuinely contact the dead or something like that. Yeah, but then but then they'll address those t- T's and C's by going, oh, we have to say that. Yeah. But I can yeah. communicate with the dead. Um, psychic Sally, big big psychic Sally. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to something really grim earlier today, actually, which was uh, not about psychics, but is in the same mm. field as like grifters and stuff. It's about the, um, I was going to say medical practice, but no, the pseudo medical practice of drinking bleach. Oh my god! As in, like, hey guys, here's a great idea: drink bleach, and it will like uh, cure cancer. Great. Uh, and autism. That's a cool thing to say, oh isn't my it? God. Yeah. Uh, so there's these companies, uh, not many of them, but weirdly more than there should be. Yeah. That will sell a drinkable bleach. Right. As in any bleach is drinkable, but they're like, you know, here's, here's bleach. And and it is bleach? Yes. But okay. but here's the thing. Like, this is it's flavoured. The... <laughs> it's effervescent. <Hey>, oh. <laughs> uh, unlike my cider. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like, uh, it's, again, it's for things they can and can't say. Oh, I see. So right. like this one company is like, huh, all those ignorant haters out there say that we're telling people to drink bleach. We don't tell them to drink bleach. The product we sell, like Miracle Juice, doesn't contain bleach at all. And we're like, yes, that's true. It doesn't contain bleach. However, you yourself sell two products. Oh. And you sell the Miracle Juice and you sell the Miracle Juice Activator. Oh, my God. And the moment you pour the Activator into the Miracle Juice, it didn't have bleach in before. But now it does. But now it absolutely has bleach in it. you just bleach into and that. Then you, and then you, like, drink it. Oh, my God. And uh, and then the other one, there's this lady, I can't remember her name, but she's she's like uh she she sells a lot of these like alternate health things. Yeah. Alternate med- medical things. And she's like uh oh, you know, she's big on like the bleach drinking. Great. And all like that. But obviously they don't drink it. Well I mean, obviously they don't. Obviously you know? they don't. But, but yeah. they'll say stuff like, you know, if you start like losing teeth or like uh, vomiting up blood or shitting out bits of your guts. That means it's working. Oh, my like God. don't stop because that means oh like you're, you're getting there. Yikes. But legally, because they've been hit a couple of times, they cannot say drink the bleach. Right. So like nowhere on this woman's website does it say you drink the bleach. So that she sells a product, but it doesn't come with any instructions on how to use it. Imbibe. But you can pay her. For a private one-to-one consultation where she will tell you the method of how to drink it. No, no, no. Not drink it. No, no, d- no, no. don't drink it. No. The method of how, of how to, to use it. How to use it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. as long as it's not written down anywhere, oh my God. she's not telling anybody to drink the bleach. But then you'll talk to her and she'll go like, 
Oh yeah, you, you totally just just chug a lug, chug my a friend. Lug, just get yeah. it down you. Yeah. Hashtag chug a lug. Just get it down you. Just get mm. it down. Mm. Yeah, if you feel it boil your insides, that's this it, doing its, its working. Thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's like wink, you know, not a you know, it's like that. And again, it's a bit like that because they're kind of like you know, oh yeah, I'm totally not talking to the dead. Wink. It's such a weird business model though yeah. because they're having to work so hard. To 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 sell like why not sell something that people want? I don't know. You know, why not why not sell something that they're legally allowed to sell? Why why are they so committed to selling something that they also know killed people? I don't understand. If it, th- it can't be that lucrative. If people can make a living online selling palette swapped sexy dragon boys mm. with massive dicks. Massive like just so on wide big, paper. Yeah, on wide paper. Um, you you have no excuse selling drinkable bleach. I know like, it just it just seems as though they're like the guys selling the the, the dragon dick boys. It, that's easy. Yeah, you know? it's like there's no laws out there to no. say you can't sell a dragon dick boy. And but there are laws out there to say you can't sell drinkable bleach. Yes, and they're having to work around these very annoying, very conv- inconvenient laws that get in the way of them trying to murder people. Large scale, because that's the only reason. Like, if you if you sat down with them and just go, look, I know I know what you're doing. Like, don't don't sell me, don't sell it to me, because yeah. I, I know you're bullshitting. What you're trying to do is kill people, and I'd just like to know why. <laughs> it's a date. Like, it's, it's always you're always torn between. It's like, do they genuinely believe it? Yeah, and are just cosmically deluded. Yeah, or are they just the worst human being? Yeah, and they know that they're lying. They know that they're hurting people. But they're still doing it. And they're still doing it. And I don't know which one's better. I know. But also the cosmic delusion, you know, to me can't make that much sense because are they drinking it? Because if they were drinking it, they'd be dying. Yeah. So they wouldn't be around that much longer. So they can't be drinking it. So what's happening here? Like (laughs) The thing I... I, Going back to the clairvoyant thing, Mm. the thing that always really bugs me about that sort of thing is why is it that... All the people who die, so many people die mm. every day. You know, the, the spirit world is just crowded with people desperate to come and talk to Sorry, anybody. Sally. Why is it the people with psychic powers are always the ones who look like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is it that, like, I could tomorrow discover that I have an incredible gift yeah. and I can talk to the dead? Mm. Why would I then immediately assume all the trappings... Of a TV psychic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why would I dress in that particular way? Maybe, you know, a lot of them favor like a lot of jewelry. You might have a lot yeah. of like big, you know, they look like a house mom or a house dad. Yeah. In a kind of like cuddly but weirdly showbiz kind of way. Yeah. That's a really, that's a good way of putting it. And it's yeah. like, and why do you automatically get a manager? Often your significant other. Yeah. Like if you genuinely tomorrow got struck by lightning and then could suddenly like. See and talk to the dead. Yeah. Why would you suddenly become a prick? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> like, why couldn't you just go like, "Hey, yeah, I'm a yeah, I can talk to the dead." Yeah, yeah. Hey, how does it work? Oh, oh, I actually just need um, I need to be touching metal. Yeah, and uh, biting down on a on a walnut, <laughs> and then I can totally commune with the dead, and it's awesome. You'll see like lightning come out of my eyes and shit. Yeah, 
but it's never it's never truly weird because no. I can imagine if a human could talk to the dead, it would be fucking weird. It'd be some David Lynch shit. Yeah, this is know. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, surely the best way to sell the fact that you're doing something incredible is to look incredible like to yeah to, 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 to stand out like the idea of communicating to the dead is is both impossible and magical and arcane yeah and it's like you could do anything you you could appear and if anything you could add more credence to your performance because let's be honest it's a fucking performance oh yeah yeah if you stood up there and you wore like a onesie you know that yeah. was that was you know engraved <laughs> With like inlaid <laughs> copper wire, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you go to see. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name. Is it John Edwards or something? He's he was a big psychic or something. Oh, I don't know. Sure, okay. Yeah, um, you go to see like John Edwards live on stage, and you're expecting like a cardigan yeah. and an evening of him walking around with the audience, going like, um, "Has anyone lost an Adam? <laughs> a Mark? What about a Ben?" Oh, 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 yeah. I have lost a bed. Yeah. And uh, had it been at the end of a long period of suffering? Oh, my God, yes. It's like you know him. Yeah. (laughs) What if they go there expecting that? And what they actually get is uh, John Edwards comes on to an unlit stage, (laughs) likes a single candle and goes, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing it for real. (laughs) And then it just starts vomiting blood. Yeah, like, it's just like, like black. Yeah, like just yeah. this ichor just starts coming out of him more than the human body could actually form. And then shapes start like writhing <laughs> up out of the blackness. Yeah. And, and, and people try to leave, but they can't. Yeah, the door's, the door's gone. The, the door's the, are locked. The wall is just a sealed like brick wall now. Yeah, and they're looking at the back of the stage and it's suddenly so much further away than it was before. And yeah. there's just this kind of howling emptiness at the edges <laughs> of, the, of the stage. And there's wind constantly blowing. But, yeah. But they're indoors in a sealed room. And just like his body uh, is just kind of like rotating around <laughs> some invisible point. And he's stark naked. He's stark like, naked. Pure, purely like day he was born naked. Yeah. Not a jot, not even jewelry, nothing, nothing, and yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, metal becomes clammy. Yeah, you know, um, fabric begins to rot, <laughs> and then uh, after two hours, the lights come back on, and he goes, "Well, thanks, everyone." That's, yeah, uh, good. <laughs> just brushes his chest down. There's ash coming off of his all his all his hair, pubes included, have just turned to like <laughs> cinders. And the like the house lights come on, and the stage is just like splattered with black liquid and, and like burnt hair. And he's just like. Smells bad, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, next week. <laughs> and then people just like mill quietly out. And so I'm going like, I don't know. I, I'm still just sceptical about it all. I don't, I can't shake the feeling it's all just clever showmanship. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw backwards through time and space, but I didn't see Grandad. So what was that? No, it's weird. I mean, when he started vomiting up those kind of skulls <laughs> and I kind of saw my own death, um, yeah, it was pretty, but I really just want to know what you know where where my husband buried the gold. Yeah, you know that's all I and care about. And he didn't about. tell me that, so I'm I'm gonna say I'm still on the fence. Yeah, after skeptical. That. <laughs> so what I think we're both saying is maybe we need to reassess our prejudices. Hundred percent. Yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. There's, I think um, Dara O'Brien goes on about the time that it may have been Psychic Sally, and she was doing a show somewhere in Ireland, and he said at some point in the night the audience just turned on her. Oh my god! And she'd be going like. <laughs> Uh, you know, like someone at the back would be like, "Ah, uh, oh, uh, Sally, can you uh, can you speak to my uh, to like to my mum? Can you find my mum?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah." And uh, have have you lost her, dearie? Oh yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, he goes, 
Oh yeah, no. oh, okay, dear. she's coming. She's coming through now. Speaking to you. Oh no, it's fine. I found her. She's right here. <laughs> 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 She was sat next to me all along. Hot bullshit. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, do you want to know my... Uh, I do want to hear your love. I do. Okay. Uh, you might like this. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Chris Ray isn't here. Because... Oh, thank God. So, uh, I love the world's longest running uh, evolution experiment. Oh, okay. Uh, which uh, is kind of fascinating, but... Asterix, it depends how into biology you are. Sure. So uh, I got a D and AS level biology, so oh, carry on. And it shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a D just now hearing you talk. <laughs> um, uh, so no. So uh, watch a great video about this. So uh, at this university somewhere, I can't remember where it is, it's irrelevant. But the point is, um, they have been running since I think like the 70s, like something okay. wild, as a side project. They've been running an experiment in evolution right? Uh, by natural selection. Okay. So basically, they have uh, bacteria, which they're keeping in these kind of vials of solution. Okay. So it just looks like a, a, a little vial of like clear solution. Mm-hmm. And um, the way it works is it's like it's a, it's a neutral, neutralish solution. It's got like some sugar in to feed the bacteria. And I think it's a kind of like a, a citrate solution or right. something like that. It, it just means like it's kind of stable and everything like that. Sure. And basically, there's bacteria growing in it. It's kind of invisible. It just looks like a kind of vial of like clear liquid. And what they do is they they, they have this vial of, of bacteria. And then every, I think it's like every month or something like that, once a month, a technician goes in, takes a sample out. Of each vial? Yeah, of each vial. Yeah. So they start with like one. Say, okay. Or 10, you know. But we take a sample out, and then from that one sample, they put like a drop in like 10 new vials. Okay. So some bacteria came from the original source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they dropped it into fresh new solution. Yeah. And then they let that grow, and then they freeze it. Okay. So the reason this has been going so long is that they can just put the vials in the freezer pause the entire thing essentially pause time yeah because the bacteria just get frozen yeah so generation after generation after generation they've just gone in like every month and gone blorp gonna take a sample put it in new ones so basically it's it's the the original colony they still have oh right but they're constantly taking a sample of that colony dumping it in a new environment taking a sample of that colony dumping it in a new environment yeah and then whenever they want they can just bring up any generation out of the freezer bloody hell and and run a test on it yeah so the way they do a test is they'll like um they'll um take the bacteria and they'll uh, put it in a petri dish sure and they'll add like a little marker a colorful marker to the bacteria which right. is something we used to do in when i worked in the lab and um basically it means that like you spread you spread the bacteria this clear liquid on the petri dish which mm-hmm. is full of food you close it, you leave it for like a day, and then tons of bacterial colonies grow sure. on it. Yeah. And if you've kind of like, um, you know, coloured the bacteria, it'll just be like little blue dots. Oh, I see. Yeah. So then they just count the dots to see how successful the bacteria is. Okay. So really, they're just measuring like how well does the bacteria grow. Yeah. And they found that like these, the behaviour of a bacteria has changed over time, sometimes randomly, because mm. mutations creep in. Mm. So sometimes a mutation will creep in. That means the bacteria can can eat the sugar a little faster. Right. So it grows a little quicker. So so now that bacteria is like really good at, at um, 
you know, kind of populating the Petri dish. Right. Okay. So my point is they have like this kind of way. And they said they've been running this since like the 70s. That's mad. Uh, as a side project. Yeah. And now it's like, it's not a full-time job, but it just means like if you work in that department, then once a month, somebody, probably Dave, yeah. has got to go do, it's maybe like an hour's job, just go blip, 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 do the thing. And then, you know, you've created another generation and they can run a test at any point on any generation. Amazing. So, okay, that's just kind of nerdy. They're freezer builds though. Fuck. But <laughs> so many freezers. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have no staff just nothing but freezers <laughs> so that's kind of cool if you're a bit of a biology nerd mm. like me but basically uh, they what was really really weird to me is that basically like and this is the bit where like if you're a proper biology nerd you go like fuck that's cool shit because basically all these bacteria have access to is this neutral solution and which is always the same always the same and sugar yeah like that's literally it all they do is eat and die and eat and die um, and yet one of them sent it. And text. this has been going <laughs> for thousands of generations. Yeah. And just random mutations pop up as they do in nature because the bacteria can du- duplicate like millions of times. Mm. And then like if it's a particularly useful mutation, it does better. Mm. And if there's a worse mutation, it, it dies off. Sure. So that's cool. And then they said they've been running this for thousands of generations, just running the tests and just going like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, and then suddenly... Out of nowhere, a random mutation popped up yeah. that allowed the bacteria to start eating the neutral solution. What? Like, it's a citrate solution. And out of nowhere, out of the blue, the bacteria spontaneously developed an ability to turn it into sugar. Oh, my God. And, okay, now, okay, this is... I'm realizing as I say it out loud, this is not the bombshell moment that anyone <laughs> I was hoping well, it would be. Well, no, I, it's pretty insane though. Yeah, because it's it, it infers, and and I've heard evolutionary stories about about evolution and things like this, and things like the fossil record and stuff. It infers that somehow beyond a single generation, the older bacteria are aware of their situation. Yeah, yeah. We have all always been stuck in this neutral solution with only sugar to eat. We need. The need here in this system is to evolve a way to make use of the solution as well as the sugar. So yeah. we're not dependent on the sugar. But there's no way that a single generation could know or, or, or actively yeah. change themselves to do that. And yet they did. Yeah, because it's wild, isn't it? It's like, you know, nowhere in this... It'd be like... Uh, it's a crude analogy, but it's like... Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, if you had, like, mice, generations and generations of mice in a... In, 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 I don't know, in cages and you were running evolution experiments on them. And then at just some point, a mouse spontaneously developed the ability to eat metal. Yeah, and could get out of the cage. And could get out of the cage. And it's like he, he evolved the one thing he needed. Yeah. That, that it needed to escape the experiment. It, it's like that. And the thing that was just cool about it, it just shows that like, and it's easy with bacteria because you can get billions upon billions of generations in a short space of time. Yeah. It's simply that like, and again, it's a very cool video, but it just showed that like, Mutations are weird. Yeah. And they happen all the time. Yeah. And you just see it. And it just says, if you have enough time and enough mutations, really weird ass shit could happen. Yeah. And it was almost like sci-fi-y. Because I was kind of like... It's like, it's it, on the one hand, you can look at it and go, it's a statistics game. Yeah. It's just the, the sheer number of numbers that we're talking about here means that the likelihood of something incredible happening is increased purely by the fact that there's so many of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, it seems like a design. It seems like a sci-fi moment where they have 
forced their way out, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's mad. It's cool. Yeah, because you want to think that, like, oh, maybe there was some guiding force or maybe, like, the bacteria yeah. was scheming. But no, it doesn't doesn't work doesn't that work way. Like no, that. no, but no, no, it of gives it the impression that yeah. it is because it's like, oh wow, like it. It's almost like the bacteria is desperate. Yeah, it's almost like you know, if if you, if a bacteria is locked in a prison for long enough, like it will come up with some amazing, and it is like a prison break. It's it reminds ca- me of a story. Actually, you may have heard this, being being knowledgeable about biology. But um, there's a there's a, in the fossil record, there's millions of years of records of this one particular sea-based organism that basically was kind of like an ancestor of the sea anemone. Yeah, but it was just a worm basically, and it successfully just stayed being this worm. For millions of years, it was doing something right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it nailed its position in the food chain, in, in its in how it moved around, in how it prayed, and how it fed, and it and it, it flourished in that time. And they have seen it across the fossil record, you know, dating the the stones that it appears in um, across millions of years. And then suddenly there was this one point, like millions of years ago, where it just went mental. <laughs> And it like they they tried loads of different things. It went into spiral shapes. It went into triple heads. It had three different heads. It had like a tail that allowed it to move faster. But it was all the same species. And that one worm just was gone. That that form that it had and that was so successful for millions of years was gone in favor of trying loads of different mutations that all happened over actually comparatively a few thousand years. Yeah. And then it died. And it was as if its time was up. And it was as if it knew its time was up. So in that last few thousand years, it was like, I've got to try something. I've got to try something that will allow me to keep living because I'm my my counter is is coming to an end. My my life cycle of millions of years with with no reason at all, nothing changed in its environment, nothing changed about what was predating on it, nothing. And it just suddenly went, fuck, I'm out of time. I'm going to try spirals. I'm going to try multi heads. I'm going to try, and and it all failed because of course it, it was trying random shit that was just killing itself, and then it died. How weird is that? And it's kind of the same thing. It's like it knew a limitation and it tried to evolve beyond it, but it failed. It's so strange. It's almost like there's a moral there, which is don't try. Yeah, don't try. Just yeah. carry on doing the same it thing. Found, <laughs> it found a very comfortable niche and it lasted millions of years. Yeah. We haven't done that. And then it tried to do something clever and a bit original. And look where it got it. Yeah. Fucking out idiot. But yeah. I think that is quite a bombshell moment, what you're talking about there. It's a very cool video, actually. when you said it was suddenly eating this neutral solution, it's like, fucking hell. It's, yeah. like, it's like it knew. You know, and I, I almost feel like the next stage is they work out a way to eat the vial of yeah. plastic and they're out. Yeah, because you know? like, if, if all it needs is time. And we've created the most powerful bacteria of all time because, yeah. of, because we imprisoned it. What's the thing like... <laughs> I know, like, uh, desperation is not a concept that exists over millennia, but, like... <laughs> I wonder if it's maybe it's somewhere in the genes. Mm. Like, cause it's it, building up. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's like every generation has, has got a frustration and it doesn't know why. You use the tools at your disposal. And yeah, it's like uh, evolutionary. It had a hammer, so everything looked like a nail. So it just had to kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Maybe work. that's why I'm so anxious all the time because I've inherited all of the frustration of humanity up until this point. And I, I'm just the latest evolutionary mutant of my species. Yeah, like, because our genetic record is a long, 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 long line of being eaten by big things. Yeah. And and now we're like here. And, and, and genetic memory. Yeah. From, one, from one, one generation to the next. It's compounded. And now I have the fear of a billion Stone Age men's fear of the saber-toothed tiger all compressed into just me. <laughs> That's why I feel like garbage every fucking day, John. You know, um, <laughs> God, I, I, this is this is uh, this is such like a niche stupid thing. But you know the um, uh, the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. 
which I'm sure most people listening do, but the idea that, like, uh, as I understand it, when you're trying to make an artificial recreation of a human, yeah, there's a bit where you're like, go, oh, that's cute, it's a robot, that's cute, that's a robot, oh, it's getting creepy, oh, it's too much like a human, oh, now it's a perfect human. Yeah. So, like, you're fine if it's super realistic, you're fine if it's, it's so stylized. Yeah, or, or shit, yeah. But if it's not quite there... Then there's something awful about it. Yes. And the coolest piece of nerdery I've ever heard about that is someone on Twitter going, what we're missing, we're missing the point here, because what this means is, is that the reason the Uncanny oh. Valley is a thing, and this is probably not, not true, but it's a fun thought experiment, is that humans have an evolutionary bias to be scared of things that look almost human. So in our past, something <laughs> we have encountered something that looks like those monsters that I talked about in a hate where Google tries to artificially generate yes. people. Yeah. Oh, no. Human tribes had to learn to be cautious because there were things that looked very nearly human oh. that could get close. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's got, do you know the manga artist Junji Ito mm. who does this terrifying, I won't go into it now, yeah. but look up Junji Ito if you want to be terrified. But that's got his vibes about it, this 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 uncanny feeling of fear. Ooh, that's got my spine tingling. I like that one. Yeah, that's Jack, good. who's listening. Yes. Uh, yeah, he sent me something about that the other day. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> about is, Junji Ito or yeah, about the... Junji Ito, yeah. yeah, yeah. This uh, is my whole... Oh, no, not that one. That's horrifying. It's really grim, that yeah, one. I don't like that one. That's a bad one. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Junji Ito, I'd say Google it. If you, if you don't like horror... If you don't like anything. If you, yeah, if you don't like horror that lives with you after you've read it for a little while, he's not the one to read. <laughs> yeah, because I... It's a funny. It's a funny thing. I'd always kind of genuinely thought that it is not. I I'll be proved wrong one day, but I feel like it's not possible to be scared by a comic. Okay, that's just a thought I have because you control the pace that you're that's reading true. through it. So I've never been scared by a comic. However, in true horror sense, Junji Ito can put images on the page that are horrific yeah and genuinely stay with you and are very uh, very unsettling it's almost as though he doesn't it doesn't need to be a comic medium for him to scare you his stills will scare you like he could draw one picture and scare the living shit out of you yeah it doesn't matter that there's another picture to follow it and another page to turn like he he transcends his medium i guess is what i'm getting at he draws things where like i don't go like gosh i'm i'm startled no i don't jump i can keep reading for sure but like oh yeah like i i i it it sort it of sits with me Ill. in a way that, yeah, like, it, it, it's almost not that I'm scared. It's that I'm perturbed or, yeah. like, I'm disturbed. Like, I won't lie awake at night. Cause I've seen horror movies before where I've laid awake at night and, and I'm almost scared that the thing is going to yes. come get me or yeah. whatever. Um, and it's not like that because the, the stories he tells are so abstract and so weird that your brain can't even slightly create an environment where that could happen to me. You know, you just can't. But... You do think about it for a yeah. while. You just think about it. I, I heard a really great comparison once. Someone said that, like, the problem is that, like, we think of horror movies now. And what we kind of think of horror movies now is, like, a uh, creepy little girl with a weird face. Yeah. Jumping out at you, going, bruh. Yeah, it's always, it's always a creature with a weird face. Mm. And it's like, bruh, it's jump scares. Yeah. And I think the, the the point this person was making is that, like, well, no, a jump scare is a very primal reaction. Yeah. It's not big. It's not clever. Literally, a balloon popping can make you jump. jump. Yeah. But they're saying that, like, horror and terror 
mm. we're saying are two different things. Yeah. And terror is that blind panic. Yeah. Where they're, in their opinion, they said horror is actually a fascination. Yeah. Horror is the thing where you want to look away. But you can't. But you can't. And that's Junji Ito. Yeah. Massively. Because you read on. Despite the fact that what you're reading is kind of like, oh my God. Oh. You turn the fucking page. And and yeah, you're right. It's fascination. You, do, you dive deeper for some reason. It's quite a powerful skill because it's like you could just have a comic or a book or something just filled of filled full of um really sickening images yeah and you just be going like oh that's disgusting oh why am i looking at that oh that's grim yeah you stop which probably. is not it's not the junji ito kind of thing where you're like oh like it's 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 unsettling mm. like it's not just horrific it's like oh like yeah. i but i i can't stop looking at it it gets under your skin it does that's the perfect phrase it's really it horrible uzi uzumaki Yes, is the one about spirals. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which I really don't like. Yeah. Like, I've read the whole thing and I do not like the it idea at all. Of the idea yeah. of a spiral being an infectious thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's not good, folks. Oh, so we ended the loves talking about something we hate. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't hate... I, I really respect him as a creator and I do think his work's incredible, but I don't own any Junji Ito books because I don't like I the idea... I wouldn't want to, no. It would sit on my shelf and it would radiate this energy. Yeah. And I don't need that in my life, but I've read them online. And he stuff. has a new series coming out, I he believe, does, actually. Which yes. I think is Uzumaki-based. It's, it's, some of ah. it is going to be um, anime-ized of, of that particular story. Uh, so other short stories as well. They're all short episodes, I think. Coming to a cool. Netflix near you, I do maybe. So. I don't know. Yes. Well, maybe it was fitting that we ended talking on horror because we are coming up on the spookiest month. Indeed. September. Yes. What? Get your car service. <laughs> I have to get my car service in September. We've just had our service. Oh, yeah. It's a little spooky. Though. Yeah. Was that was it, scary? To be yeah. Honest. Yeah. Um, was it the tiny car or the car which the is... giant car. Ah, and that's yeah. always dying. That, yeah. And we thought, oh, no. It's oh, going to no. be... And yet it flying colours. So it flew, in fact. Supercar. No. Um, <laughs> lost my way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old supercar. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, well, um, on this very refined episode of a show called hey without that you know uh yeah that lout right. you know <laughs> and yeah. he said loaf and what i meant was lout yeah but i need chris a loaf also quite kind of fitting like a meatloaf yeah mm. or just a nice little like a little bun like a bun <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell him that we called him a little bun um what do you think one nick love or hate i think I think love, actually. I'm going to go with love because I liked your little story about evolution and then that sparked my uh, inspiration. So I'm going to go with love. And I liked that thing you brought up as well. About psychics. About shit. psychics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Love, I think, wins. And, uh, and also I think it's fitting because Chris isn't here. Yes. That I... love gets to, gets to win. And he's such an angry little bun, isn't he? he? Is. Most days, yeah. <laughs> the angriest bun. Um yeah, and 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 I have to say that second glass of cider. Oh yes. went down a lot smoother. Did it? I stopped after the first. Um, not for it. I actually very much enjoyed it. Yeah, but I was very thirsty. And yeah, I needed it's, water. Yeah. it's um, funny. Like um, maybe maybe you need to be warmed up. Yeah, maybe you do. That's the first time I've had two glasses of an evening. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, I feel fine. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I like a dry cider. That was particularly was, dry. Uh, probably the dryest. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was good. Well uh, done. Uh, Make I... some more, please. Yeah, and uh, I don't feel drunk. Um, no. No, I'm okay. No. no. I can't oh, tell no. it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>